0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I was glad when they said it's time to go to church. Now, if you're not glad... When they say it's time to go to church, you might want to check out maybe another church. But at the same time, you might want to just stay right where you're supposed to be and be glad about it. Amen. I figure if you're doing Christianity right, you're having a blast. Now, if you're not having a blast, you might want to check up on your level of commitment and sold-outness to the Lord because when you do this thing right... Your joy overflows. People think you're on drugs or something because you're so happy. How many think we should be so filled with God people think we're on drugs? And we are. We're on the gospel, right? The gospel. All right, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's pray and believe God that we hear and experience everything that we need to hear and experience today say, why do you say experience, Pastor? Because the Lord doesn't just want to give you word. He wants to give you power for any area of your life that you need it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. You said where two or three are gathered together in your name, you'd be right there in the middle of us to perform miracles and bring powerful things to pass. Father, we're asking that by the Holy Ghost today you would teach us, help us to see things through our spiritual eyes build us up and prepare us for our next steps of life and ministry. Answer questions, bring forth solutions to problems. And Lord, we're saying manifest yourself any way you need to, any way you want to, and any way that the people need. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the spirit of God. We thank you for your word. And today we declare, we open up to you. We're open to change. We're open to repentance. We're open to corrections. We're open to buildings. We're open to whatever you have you want to do in our lives, Father. Build us up. Show us the things we need to see. And we will praise you now and forever for the glorious, powerful, wonderful results of you helping us today in Jesus' name. Amen. It's happening. So if you were with us two weeks ago, um Boy, didn't Dominic do great last week? Amen. Wow, he's funnier than me, I think now. I, uh, <laughs> he's, he's surpassing his teacher. Um, and that's what we want. We want the people to go farther than us. What, if they don't go farther than us, what a waste. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, Dominic gave a great message on the favor of God and the favor of the Holy Spirit. and Just a powerful message. You should go back and listen to it. You say, well, I don't have time. Well, you probably need to stop doing a bunch of other things then because we need to have time to go over what we've heard in church. Watch out about getting too busy where you just don't have enough room for God. And just ask yourself frequently about all these things you're doing. Taking up all your time. Ask yourself frequently. If I stop this thing, would I be in disobedience to God? Because if the answer is no, why are you doing it? Why is it taking up so much of your time that if you stopped it, you weren't in disobedience? In other words, get down to what has God authorized you to do and what he's called you to do and you'll have plenty of time for the things of God. Plenty of time for church. Plenty of time to serve in the church. Plenty of time to witness. Plenty of time to do devotions. Plenty of time to pray. Reasons people don't have time is because they're overbooked doing a ton of things the Lord never led them to do. Some are okay things, but okay isn't okay. (laughs) You better find out what the Lord has for you, which is beyond okay, okay? Okay. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 12, let's read here in verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So Paul is saying right here in the beginning of this chapter that he is now able, after 11 chapters of dealing with character issues and dealing with sin in the church and dealing with grow-up issues, he's now saying, okay, now we can talk about amazing powers of God in the earth realm. And see, this is so important. That very first word now means he couldn't start this letter off with what he's talking about here. He had to deal with some other things in their personal lives so they could see greater degrees of power in their church. Miracle power, healing power. And so, how about we just declare right now, I don't care what it costs, we are going to see more power in our church. I don't care if I got to quit being a baby Christian. I don't care if I need to grow up and quit wearing my feelings on my sleeve. I don't care if I got to quit being divisive. I don't care if I got to quit having superstars in the Christian realm, Paul or Apollos, or how about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Okay, so... Maybe, maybe you got to quit lusting out. Maybe people got to quit sleeping with people they're not married to. Paul had to deal with that in chapter 5. Um, maybe you got to deal with divorce and remarriage issues and, and doing it properly and all that. What He talked about a bunch of things before he could say now. And it would do all of us a lot of good to live in this chapter or actually in this entire book for a while. Even with the Bible reading you're already doing with the church, it would be do you really good to just live in this book for a while because this book talks about the power of God increasing in our lives, in our church, in our families, and things being fixed that there's no human cure for. And so when he said now, you need to be interested in what he said before that. And that you can do on your own. I'm going to let you do that a lot on your own. We may refer to a few things as we... Uh, Touch some things in this area, but now concerning spiritual gifts. Now, in the King James Bible, it's not on the screen this way, um, but in the King James Bible that I'm reading from in all King James, the word gifts is italicized, and any word that's italicized in the King James version of the Bible means that specific word was not found in the original manuscript. It may have been implied, but it really is not in the original manuscript. Really, the actual translation of this verse should read like this. Paul said to every Christian, not just pastors, every Christian, concerning the supernatural, brethren, don't be ignorant. Concerning the supernatural, brethren, do not be ignorant. Now the devil in Hollywood, they want you to think the supernatural is more bad than anything. Black, dark, demons, monsters, Did you know that the devil and his demons are a minute part of the supernatural? God is supernatural. Angels are supernatural. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. We are spirit beings filled with the Holy Ghost. We can operate in the supernatural. There's a lot more good in the spirit realm than there is bad. Are you following me, church? And so he's talking about not being ignorant of spiritual things. There is a spirit world. It goes on concurrent around us 24-7. It's the bigger realm. It's the bigger world. Everything in this world came from that world. It's invisible, but it's real. We can't perceive it with our five physical senses, but you can perceive it with your spirit, man. Anybody ever sensed a real strong presence of fear, panic, strong anxiety. Anybody ever sense a real, strong, you know, beyond the normal? Like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm afraid of that. That rose has thorns on it. Now, I'm talking about a, a presence. What is that? That's your spirit picking up on a spirit of fear, trying to get you to be afraid. And it's real easy to get those spirits to leave. Just put your foot down and say, fear, I resist you. In Jesus' name, I refuse to fear. And then go your way and ignore the feelings. And it'll all subside. So Paul says, I don't want you ignorant. See, now this is a huge problem. Ignorance is a huge problem. Ignorance is a huge problem. He doesn't want us ignorant of spiritual gifts. Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That would be they're destroyed because they're ignorant of certain things. Well, we got the Bible, we got a church, we got archives, we got all kinds of access to word today. There is no excuse for any of us being destroyed because of ignorance. Knowledge of the word of God is coming forth from all kinds of places today, free of charge. You know what free of charge means? No excuse if it's free for not knowing. Right. If it's free, there's no excuse for not knowing, except we just didn't choose to, to know it. All right. So Paul goes on. He talks about now concerning the things of the spirit, brethren, or concerning the supernatural, brethren. I do not want you to be ignorant. That's why we're studying this. We are told right here in the word of God, something the Lord says, don't be ignorant of and we're going to obey him. You know that you were non-Jews, non-Christians, you were carried away onto these dumb idols even as you were led. See, they had a hunger in them for the supernatural, but they turn the wrong way to get that hunger filled. And that's what a lot of people are doing today. They're turning to witchcraft, séances, astrology, all kinds of weird stuff to fulfill a legitimate hunger on the inside of them for the supernatural, but they're turning to dumb idols. They need to turn to the Lord and to the power of God and to being filled with the Spirit. The problem I have seen, one of the biggest problems in the earth today I have seen is that churches are not teaching enough on being filled with the spirit and the manifestations of the spirit and the power of God. And the young people are turning to all this other junk because the church hasn't presented the real. And the Bible says to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Simpl- that simply means is they're going to get filled somewhere. Hopefully it's in church and not from some bitter, dumb, idol lie out there that's promoting the supernatural. They need to get our hunger for the supernatural needs to be satisfied in church with the real thing. The power of God, the gifts of the spirit. So they were led to all these dumb idols before they were saved and got all involved in weird practices. Paul said in verse Uh, For there are differences of gifts, but the same Spirit, Holy Spirit. There's differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There's differences of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation, the showing forth in the earth of the Holy Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another is given the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these manifestations worketh or are activated by that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. These are things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our churches, in our lives, through our lives, beyond these four walls. He wants to manifest himself in these ways. Because there's a lot of people that need these things. Some of us in here may need some of them right now. Well, what's interesting about this is we're talking about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God initiating things in the earth to help people supernaturally. Everybody say, God initiating. God initiating. God wants to do a lot more things for us than we've been allowing Him to do. One of the reasons He's been hindered is because we've not known these things. We've not desired these things strong enough we've not been serious enough and reverent enough for more of these things to happen and that's why we're teaching these things. The Lord spoke to my heart, just like He speaks to your heart about things, He spoke to my heart and said, I want to be able to do these things more in my church so you're going to have to teach about them so I can. So people can come in line with it. Quit grieving the Holy Spirit unconsciously or quit quenching Him, not even realizing they were quenching Him. The, The Lord said when I want to do something in the church I'm going to deal with the teachers in that church to teach on that thing so I can do those things. Just like in the area of healing many times you read in the scriptures the multitudes came to Jesus to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Hearing comes first. It paves the way. It builds our faith. It gets us in line. It gets junk out. It knocks down walls. It makes things to where these things can come forth like he wants them to. So I was really excited when the Lord said, I want you to teach on manifestations of the Spirit because I knew that means He wants to do more in this area for us. Oh, glory to God. We should be going, praise the Lord. The, pa- the Lord told Pastor to teach on manifestations of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? It means we get to see more of these things. What? Discerning of spirits, working of miracles, gifts of healings, prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And we'll, dis- we'll discuss about what these things are in detail. I need to be cautious about going too fast because there's a lot of information here. We're talking about nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the earth realm. Nine ways he becomes perceptible to us here in this realm. Nine ways he wants to supernaturally do things to help people. And if you you look at these again, it talks about nine gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to break it down into uh, groups of three. There's three of these gifts that reveal something supernaturally to a person to help. Three gifts reveal something, that's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Those are the revelation gifts, the revelation, the way the Holy Spirit manifests through revelation. And then there's three power gifts, special faith, working of miracles and gifts of healings. Those gifts do something. And then there's three gifts. We call them the vocal gifts or the inspirational gifts. That's prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. They say something supernaturally, you know, a hotline to heaven, to the earth. Well, hearing and getting stirred up about these things is not enough. I have to address something before we go any further because if our life between Sundays is too much in the natural, then every time we come to church, we have to start at ground zero, basically. <laughs> How many want to go start a little higher next week? Um, I want you to notice something. In this same book, uh, letter, look at 1 Corinthians 2. Back up 10 chapters. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, I want to I say this because seeing more power of God manifested in our church, you know, cancer's healed on the spot. Tumors falling off right before our eyes. People in wheelchairs jumping up perfectly, perfectly well and dancing the rest of the day. Blind eyes opening. Are you listening? Uh, arthritis disappearing immediately. Pain stopping and never coming back. Um, if we want to see these things in our churches and in our lives as believers, we're going to have to take a look at our life. We're going to have to take a look at how we're living. Will we be ready for these things when God wants to do one of these, some of these things? So in 1 Corinthians 2, backing up about 10 chapters here, it says in verse 14... Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says this The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can the natural man know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I want you to notice he didn't say the evil man has a hard time receiving from the Lord. We all know to stay away from evil, right? We shouldn't need 10 sermons to tell us to stay out of sin when we know what sin is. This little fox has been getting under the vine and under the radar in many people's lives and it's kept us from being the spiritual people we need to be to operate in, to discern, to flow, to follow with the Holy Ghost in this area of the manifestations of the Spirit flowing through us to help the church. He didn't say the bad man, he said the natural man. We're all on guard for bad. We're all on guard for evil. How many people are on guard for too much natural? Too many movies. Too much internet. To where it's keeping us spiritually dull and not able to make the connections we need to make when it comes to receiving miracles or ministering miracles. Everybody say, too natural. Watch out about being too natural. Um, and I think, again, that's why Paul dealt with 11 chapters of dealing with stuff <laughs> to help the Corinthians to see this is carnality. Stop it. This is, you're way too natural here. You're operating like you're only human. You're operating like you're not a child of God. You're operating like you're some victim somewhere without Jesus. Stop it. Your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Quit using it for things you shouldn't overcome this get this straight why because if you're too in the natural you can have all these rights and privileges and never discern them never use them properly not not yield properly let me give you a perfect example we won't go there for time's sake but in mark chapter 9 jesus came down off the mountain of prayer with Peter, James, and John. He was just transfigured before them. His raiment became white and glistening. He spoke with Moses and Elijah about his upcoming death and decease, and the power of God came. A voice from heaven overshadowed them and said, This is my beloved son, listen to him. Jesus comes down off the mountain in the middle of this situation where a man who had a boy, the Bible calls a lunatic boy, who was having fits regularly, the spirit was trying to kill him, suicide, he was falling in the fire, often falling in the water, rolling around on the ground, foaming at the mouth, and it said the spirit tried to destroy him. In other words, this thing was trying to kill this boy. And he said, Jesus, I brought my boy to your disciples to help him, and they couldn't. Which is really interesting because a few chapters earlier, Jesus gave them power over all unclean spirits to cast out devils and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So really, technically, they were able to deliver the boy, but something got into their lifestyle to where they weren't able to operate in that authority properly. And uh, unbelief got in, and the boy was still bound, still freaking out, having these spells. Jesus said, so Jesus comes on the scene, And the man's crying. His boy's taken a fit. The disciples didn't know why they couldn't cure him. And the scribes are questioning with them, like, ha, 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 they finally got him. Oh, yeah, see, ha, ha, this doesn't work, does it? This doesn't work. And Jesus comes on the scene, and the man says, Lord, help me. And Jesus says, all right, so you brought this boy to my disciples who had power to set him free, and he's still not free. Yes, exactly, Jesus. Just religion and tradition would say, Jesus would say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's sad. How? If my disciples couldn't cure you, it must not be the will of God. I'm at the best. They're the best in the world. No, that's not what the Bible said. Let me tell you what Jesus said in this situation where the boy wasn't cured after the disciples did everything they knew to set him free, Jesus said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Talking about the whole bunch of people on the planet at that time. Oh, but Jesus wouldn't say that. He's so nice. (laughs) One time, one time, Jesus appeared to Norval Hayes And Norval had a daughter who had growths all over her body. And he was asking God, why wasn't she healed? What's going on here? And Jesus appeared to him and said to to Norval, the father of the child, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? Jesus wouldn't say that. Want to bet? He got results. Well, in this situation... Okay, so 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 Jesus said, oh, faithless and messed up generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. A lot of lessons here. Number one, if you don't get results from the best preachers in the land and you're still sick after they prayed for you, that doesn't mean Jesus wants you to stay sick. Go closer to the Lord and get your victory. Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to Jesus and immediately that spirit tore him. And he took a fit right there in front of everybody, wallowing on the ground, trying to fall in the fire, falling in the water. The spirit's trying to kill him. It was called a foul spirit. This is so not the will of God. I, I can't understand why some people think certain things are the will of God. This is torment. And torment describes hell. And God doesn't want his kids experiencing any part of hell. Yeah. These things are tormenting, they're foul, they're wrong, and they need rebuke. Yes. And so they brought the boy to Jesus and immediately he takes a fit. And we can learn a lesson here because Jesus, when that boy took a fit right in front of him, he, Jesus just stayed calm. <laughs> Acted like, no big deal. Boys right there wallowing and foaming, the crowd's freaking out. And Jesus turns to the father and said, how long has this been happening? And the man said, from a child, for often it th- throws him in the fire and throws him in the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. All this time, the boy's taken an epileptic fit or something. And not all epilepsy is a spirit. This one was. And it was also a dumb and mute spirit. Nothing, no, no physical reason why he should be that way. And when there's no physical reason why somebody should have something, you might want to consider rebuking the devil. And so he's doing this. And and so finally, the crowd starts running together. And Jesus rebuked the foul spirit and said, come out of him and enter no more into him. He commanded this evil spirit to stop and to come out and to enter no more. Now, that's so cool because this boy never had a problem with that ever again. When the Lord said to enter no more into him, it's over. Amen. He probably grew up and was a great person in society. But interesting, from a child, how many years? We're not sure, but it was years. He had these fits. The spirit got a hold of him. He'd tear, he'd foam with the mouth. He'd gnash with his teeth. He'd roll in the fire, roll in the water, trying to destroy him. In one moment, he's free Forever. And Jesus wouldn't have said, oh, faithless generation, if they couldn't have done that. You don't rebuke somebody for something they can't do, that's mean. Right. He rebuked them for something they could have done, and they didn't. And the, whole, and the whole reason I brought all that up is because, think about this. Jesus, the disciples came to him afterwards and said, Lord, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. This is the answer to so many questions in people's lives today. Why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? Why wasn't my prayer answered? Why didn't my rebuke worked? So many answers today could be summed up into what Jesus said, unbelief. Unbelief. Here's the good news. Unbelief is not an unfixable problem. Matter of fact, I'd rather hear it was my unbelief than that the devil's just too big and bad and there's some things I can't overcome. I'd rather hear it's something I can fix, I can adjust. He said it was your unbelief. Well, he already said, Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And he set him totally free. Do you realize praying sincerely with all your heart and crying and not seeing an answer and not getting your healing does not mean God wants you to stay sick? It might mean you may may need to do a little adjusting, coming lower before the Lord, listening a little more intently, getting in the Word a little bit more, finding out. I mean, the Lord will help you. we got to quit blaming, well, that must not be the will of God that they weren't healed. That'd be like saying it wasn't the will of God for this person to be healed, but Jesus proved that wrong. He healed them. After everybody else tried and prayed, the apostles themselves, He still said, no, that's not my will. He stays sick. It's never my will that people stay sick. Don't give up. People give up at the first sign of impossible. They shouldn't do that. Don't give up at the first sign of impossible, of impossible. Be like the Syrophoenician woman. Come lower before the Lord. Humble yourself. And she got a miracle for her daughter. So back back to my thought here. The reason I brought all that up is because Jesus said... There's also something else you need to understand why you had unbelief and why you weren't able to appropriate the power I already gave you. Mm -hmm. He said, this kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting. And he's not talking about praying a spirit out and he's not talking about fasting a spirit out. He's talking about something you do before a situation like this comes across your path. He's talking about something that will change you and put you in a better position to minister like this when somebody comes to you with a child like this. This has to do with how you're living, not just the moment of praying for the person or the rebuke toward the problem. Jesus is saying there are some things in your personal life that have to be in order in order for the power that I gave you to work properly. And a lot of it is just that you just have to be in the spirit. I know when, when the Lord appeared to Brother Hagin and, and uh, told him that the gift of discerning of spirits is going to operate in your ministry from now on when you're in the spirit. When spiritual things are more real to you than natural things. You know, you haven't been watching 25 movies and, and talking about all this carnal stuff for the last three weeks. You've been in prayer Maybe you're fasting a few things. It's not just food that you can fast. You can fast any pleasurable things and spend more time with God. He he said you have to be in the Spirit for some of these things to operate. Let me me try to get this over to you as simply as possible with the help of the Holy Spirit. You can have spiritual things on your mind or you can have natural things on your mind. And whatever's most on your mind, that's the realm that's going to dominate you the most. And the reason you don't want more natural on your mind than spiritual, because in the natural, there's a lot of things that are hopeless. There's a lot of things that can't be fixed. There's a lot of things there's no cure for. And if you're more natural minded, you will gravitate toward that road of, oh, well, nothing we can do. Might as well give up. See in heaven. It's so important. It, the Bible says if, if we live in the Spirit, we should walk in the Spirit. We need, that's why Paul said, don't be ignorant of spiritual things. There are angels. There are demons. There is an afterlife. <laughs> Amen. There is a real place called heaven. Yes. There's a real place called hell. Pastor, don't talk about hell. I don't want to talk about hell. Why are you talking about hell? We don't want to talk about hell. Good news. You don't have to go. Calm down. (laughs) You don't have to go. I don't want to talk about hell. I don't want to talk about hell. Don't talk about hell. Demons. Don't talk about demons. Don't worry. You have power over them. See, sometimes you have to talk about these things. Because sometimes that's the source of problems. So, we need to be more ready to hear from God and minister by the direction of the Holy Spirit. This is why you have to watch out about being too natural. Christians just aren't on guard for too natural. They're on guard for evil. They're on guard for a satanic. They're on guard for demonic. They're on guard for wicked. But not many people, see, there's some of these things getting in under the radar and it's quenching our ability to see more power. To minister more effectively. I was thinking about the enemies we have today, in relation to the enemies David had, or Joshua had, or others in the Old Testament. They, you know, David had Goliath. Right? Um, David had Philistines. Joshua had Amalekites and Jebusites and all these otherites to deal with. We have enemies today, and we will be talking with King David about our victories, like he's going to talk to us about his victories when we get to heaven and hang out for a hundred years and just. Exchange stories. You know the enemies, the Goliaths in our life? Worldliness. Too natural. Doubt. Trying to get you to give up on your faith stand. Fear. What do you need to do with these? You need to chop these giants' head off, like David chopped Goliath's head off, and make sure it never rises again. Are you listening? They'll try. They'll keep coming from this side and that side. Then when you get Goliath, then the Amorites. Then have to get the Amorites, then the Philistines. You have to be on guard for doubt, unbelief, fear, worldliness, too natural. These are giants that if we don't slay them, we won't reach the highest ground that the Lord's called us to go to. Unbelief is evil when we know better. Amen. There's two kinds of unbelief. One kind of unbelief is because you just don't know. You've not heard and if you haven't heard, you can't believe. Second kind of unbelief is you have heard, and now you're rebelling. Yep. Stubborn. Choosing not to believe though you've heard. Second second kind is worse than the first. They're both bad, but the second kind is worse than the first. When you know something and you choose not to believe it. Well, it's time for spiritual revival in our homes. This has, got, this, this has got to carry into our homes. I was thinking about how much, how, how people are not ready for certain attacks and when the attacks happen, they wish they would have not been watching so much TV and they wish they would have been not surfing the internet so much. They wish they would have gotten rid of these pesky little sins. They wish they, But guys, when the attack happens, the attack happens. Wishing you were more ready doesn't work. all toward the Lord, cry out for mercy and he will help you, but there's a lot of unnecessary battles going on because people simply haven't been ready for the evil day. Um, let me do this. Um, actually, I'm going to go ahead and read you something here. <clears throat> I, along with my chapter a day and my personal time with the Lord in the mornings, I read two Devotionals. They're both by Kenneth E. Hagan, one's called "Faith Food Devotions," and one's called "Health Food Devotions," which I highly, highly recommend to anybody who wants more word. I'm going to read you two of them in light with what I just said here, because there's some things I know we don't like our personal lives being messed with, but I want the Lord to mess with anything in my life that would help. Yes. me and others. So I want to read you this. Uh, This is a devotional by Kenneth Hagin on June 25th in his book, Health Food Devotions. He uses the scripture in Psalm 118, verse 17. He said, I shall not die, but I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. That's what David said. I shall not die, but live because things were coming against him, uh, trying to kill him. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 17. Kenneth Hagan said, Years ago, while I was ministering at a youth camp in Sierra Mountains near Serona, California, I received an emergency telephone call. The voice on the other end said, Brother Hagan, do you remember Gary? I did. The man was talking about his oldest boy, who was nine. Well, he said, he had, some, he had a sore throat. And we prayed about it. But it got worse. We carried him to the doctor and the doctor said that the infection went into his kidneys. Now his kidneys have stopped uh, functioning. The doctor said he'll be dead in a matter of minutes. He's in intensive care and we want you to agree with us. We believe that Gary will live and not die. I said, I believe with you that Gary will live and not die. I was at this youth camp for several weeks. Before I left, I received a little reel-to-reel tape recording in the mail. On it, the man said to me, Brother Hagan. They would only let me in the intensive care unit for five minutes a day. I would say to Gary, my son, you lie there and say this. Himself took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. I'll live and not die. The little fellow said that over and over again for two days and two nights. Suddenly, he was all right. We just brought Gary home and he wants to say something to you. Then I heard Gary say on the reel-to-reel tape, Brother Hagan, I want to thank you for bringing the truth to me. Dad has already told you, but I must have said those words over 10,000 times each night. He took my infirmities, he bare my sickness, I'll live and not die. The doctors couldn't understand how that little boy had lived, but he did. God's word works. Anybody say praise the Lord? Let Let me read you the next day's devotion on the 26th of June. He continues the story. Now he uses the scripture in John 5.14 to begin this devotion. He says, Afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more lest a worse thing come unto you. John five fourteen. When Gary was fifteen or sixteen, he got healed when he was nine. When Gary was fifteen or sixteen years old, he left home. He got away from God and became involved with the hippie movement. He actually denounced God. And that same kidney trouble that he was healed of as a nine-year-old came back on him. I went to Dallas to preach, and Gary came to my meeting. He wasn't right with God. I knew he wasn't. He tried to fake it, but he didn't fool me a bit. He was 17 or 18 years old at this time. I said to him, no, I'm not going to pray for you, Gary. You're not going to get healed under present circumstances because you're just faking it. You haven't made things right with God. He admitted I was right and said, You've told the truth about it. I haven't. There are a lot of things in me that should not be in me. I'm not right with God, and I know I'm not right with God. But I don't want to die. And the doctors say I'm going to die. They say I haven't got much longer to live. I said Kenneth Hagin said, "Well, you have to get lined up with God then." You know, Gary refused to do that until he got right down to death's door. It cost him his life. But I'm glad he did get back into fellowship with God during that last few minutes of his life. He died praising God, but if he had done that six months ahead of time, he would have been healed. It's important to walk with God. God doesn't put on any half-price sales. It's all or nothing with God. Make Jesus your Lord. Let Him dominate your life. Purpose to walk with Him. So, when I read that, I thought, you know, I think that's like a lot of people. They... They want the full power but they don't want full consecration. They want the full blessing, but they don't want to fully follow the Lord. And 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 I'm really praying that our church is not just a group that gathers on Sundays and Wednesdays, and then between Sundays and Wednesdays we're just doing our own thing, not too concerned about the will of God, watching all these movies we shouldn't be watching, surfing the internet where we shouldn't be surfing, doing this, doing that. I, I pray that our church is an end time. I'm sold out to God, don't care what it takes church um, it's just people vacillate people there, there's, there's not much roots I mean to, to see what, the way people just move around from geographical location to geographical location because of money or because of uh, environment it's like where's God in that where does the Lord want you because I want you to ask yourself a question. This, this actually helps me be more in tune to miracles and healing. Let me ask you a question. I want you to right now for a moment or two consider where you're going to be 60 years from now. I want you to stop and consider that. Daniel, where are you going to be 60 years from now? You're going to be in the spirit world. 100% with me. The glory realm. And if you're not going to be in heaven, you're going to be a lot closer than you are now. <laughs> 60 years from now, you'll be thinking about heaven a lot more when you're that old. When you're 80 or 85 or 90. Sometimes it's good just to slow down and think, where's my mom right now that passed away in the Lord? Where's my dad? Where's, where's uncle so-and-so? Where's my friend who I know has gone to be with the Lord? And just sit and think about that for a while. And, and remind yourself, in that realm, miracles are absolutely normal. Not hard at all. Sometimes you need to think about angels. Just think about what the Word says about them. Sometimes you need to think about demons. Not what Hollywood says about them, what, what, what the Word says about them. Sometimes you just got to get over in the realm of the Spirit. And not be ignorant of supernatural things. Get over in that realm and then all of a sudden you're going to get to this place. Well, wait a second. Why would it be so weird for a miracle to show up? Why, why would that be so out of this? Out of, why, why would that be so crazy? Where are you going to be 50 years from now? In the glory realm if you're a believer. Pastor, what if I'm not a believer? Where will I be? in a real place called hell. I can't believe God would send me there. He gives us an option. He's not sending anybody anywhere. He gives man an option. Well, I said all that to say this. We need to be more in tune with the things of the Spirit. I tell you one great way, well, there's two, two powerful great ways to live more in the Spirit and not so much in the natural hear sermons that your spirit leaps at and then hear them again and again and pray in tongues a lot. And go to Faith Heights Church. (laughs) Gotta throw that one in there. Um, Before we close, I want to read you just the basic definition of all nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. To whet your appetite, to stir up your desire, to stay in this chapter, to read 1 Corinthians 12 during these uh, messages. So if you you go back to 1 Corinthians 12, the very first gift we want to define is the word of wisdom. This is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Ghost to help people in the earth realm supernaturally. All right, so if you want to put 1 Corinthians 12 back on the screen and we can um, start with that verse where he starts with the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. So, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now, this is different than general wisdom that you gain through reading and knowledge. This is a supernatural manifestation given to you and through you, came from God, and you have no idea, you know, what, what where this, you couldn't manufacture this yourself. This is God giving you something to help somebody or yourself. So, the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. The, the word of wisdom always speaks of the future. Well, we already know that the Holy Spirit's going to show us things to come. Talk about a heavyweight advantage. How would you like to know where a shooter's going to be before the shooter gets there? Amen. It's called a word of wisdom. How, how would you know that? How would you know, well, the Lord would drop it into you. You know, I I taught about four weeks ago on where was the church? You know, after this shooting in Texas, of I day. I I say where was the church when the Holy Ghost was looking for somebody to pray, looking to reveal a word of wisdom? where, where, Where was the church? Because really, the Holy Spirit, you know he looked for people to prevent that. Or at least he looked for somebody to help guide people away from that. I mean, this word of wisdom right here, When you know the future, you know to stay away from certain places. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose and the mind and will of God. The word of wisdom always speaks of the future. And it's a word. It's a fragmented part of a sentence. It's not a whole, you don't know all things. You just know things for that specific time. The word of wisdom, like the word of knowledge, may be given by an audible voice, a vision, or a dream. It may come through the vocal gift of prophecy. Our word of wisdom may come through tongues and interpretation of tongues. Here's a a great, these are all through the Bible. You remember Joseph in the Old Testament? We're about ready to read that. Oh, I'm looking forward to the next few chapters. This week's going to be great in our Bible reading. Mm -hmm. Joseph, if you remember, God revealed to Joseph through a dream his plan and purpose for the future. That's a word of wisdom. John got a lot of words of wisdom concerning future things when he was banned to the Isle of Patmos. He even saw things that haven't happened yet. That's the word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God. The word of knowledge can also be used to reveal sickness and demon possession. You just know supernaturally This is not just a natural thing here. This is a supernatural thing and we need to deal with it properly. Remember that the revelation of the word of knowledge brings is never about the future. The word of knowledge brings revelation concerning things past or present. Perfect example of this in Revelation chapters two and chapter three, Jesus revealed to John certain present conditions of seven churches. In no way John can know that except the Lord reveal it to him. These people are lukewarm. These people need to adjust this. Perfect example: word of knowledge. Jesus at the well with the uh, woman at the well. Remember that we talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah. How did Jesus know she had had five husbands and the one she was living with at that moment was not her husband? Word of knowledge: mm-hmm. supernatural revelation. God knows everything, and if he gives you a piece of knowledge, now you know some some of the things that nobody else knows either. Word of knowledge. Mm. So, such a powerful gift. Discerning of spirits is defined. The discerning of spirits gives insight into the spirit world. This gift is more limited than the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge because its revelation is limited to a single class of objects, spirits. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge goes beyond just spirits. This gift is a little more limited because it's, it's limited only to the spirit world. It's supernatural insight into the realm of spirits, both good and bad. Perfect examples in Isaiah 6-1. Prophet Isaiah said, In the year the king Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. What's that? Discerning of spirits. Seeing into the realm of spirits. It's not just seeing evil. The Holy Spirit's a spirit. People have spirits. God is a spirit. Angels are spirits. Cherubim, seraphims, archangels. People have seen these beings at times. That's discerning of spirits. Let me give you a really cool example Because i got to wrap it up I was going through one of the greatest tests and trials of my life Many years ago And I was in my bathroom shaving And just warring left and right for weeks Against thoughts and paranoia and this and that And just, oh, it was terrible And um, it was when we were in the trailer home back then I was in the bathroom And uh, all of a sudden A presence came into the bathroom And when that presence came in, all fear was ejected. All doubt was ejected. All weird feelings were ejected. I felt like I could do anything. I felt like I couldn't worry if I tried. I couldn't be afraid if I tried. I started weeping. I had to put the razor down. I was just crying and saying, oh God, don't ever let this stop. And I was visited by an angel. That is not discerning of spirits. If it was discerning of spirits, I would have saw the angel. Discerning means to see, seeing in the realm of spirits. This is a, this is a powerful gift because, um, there was a time when Paul was preaching the gospel and this woman, this young lady was following him all around being obnoxious and saying, these servants of the most high God, these are servants of the most high God, these are servants of the most high God. And I don't know why Paul didn't stop him. Well, I do know why he didn't stop immediately the first day and cast that spirit out of her is because the spirit of God didn't lead him to. You have to wait for the leading of the Spirit in some of these things. <clears throat> but after many days, Paul, being grieved in the Spirit, turned to the woman and didn't say to the woman, said to the Spirit, I charge you, come out of her. And the Spirit left her. The divination and all that stopped, and she got totally set free. Well, that doesn't say if it was a discerning of spirits or if he just knew by the word of knowledge. But he did discern it, and he did take care of it, and the girl got totally set free. This gift, remember... Okay, let me say this. Some things are revealed to us by the inward witness and some things are revealed to us by discerning of spirits. This gift of discerning of spirits is not the gift of discerning faults in other people. (laughs) Get in trouble with the Lord for that. You you, you got that gift, turn it on yourself. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right, special faith. Let me get through this. Special faith. Those who possess the gift of special faith, they believe God in such a way that He honors their word as His own word, and He miraculously brings it to pass. It is the gift of the Spirit to the believer so that he might receive miracles. Special faith is more of a process, working of miracles is more of an action. Now listen to this. The gift of special faith is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit to receive a miracle. This manifestation enables a believer to supernaturally against all odds believe God for a miracle. And I say, Lord, give us the gift of special faith. The gift of faith is a supernatural endowment by the Holy Spirit whereby that which is uttered or desired by man or spoken by God shall eventually, surely come to pass. The gift of faith is more about a process than an action. Daniel in the lion's den. He needed this gift of special faith to not be eaten of the hungry lions. We talked about that. The Bible says Daniel was delivered because he believed his God and God gave him special faith to go to sleep in a lion's den. (laughs) When gift of special faith comes on you, you possess an unusual calm in the midst of dire circumstances. A peace comes upon you that can't be shaken. You know what's going to happen before it happens. It's called the gift of special faith. And it's powerful. In the face of danger, Those with the gift of special faith possess a calmness which is supernatural and by that supernatural faith they receive a miracle. I said this uh, two weeks ago that we're all going to need help from God at times that our own faith can't produce. And we're going to need the help of the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to need the help of special faith. It's interesting when you realize that a lot of people in the Bible got miracles by having faith in Jesus and what he said. And you'll see many times that the people initiated their own miracle because the Lord said, your faith made you whole. They initiated their miracle and he said their faith made them whole. But then there's other times he didn't say their faith made them whole. He just spoke the word and they got up and God did something. I, I like to look at it like this. God initiates at times as he wills but we can initiate any as we build our faith in the Word. But while we're building our faith, we're going to need some supernatural help once in a while. And so are other people around us and thank God for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I look at it like this. Picture this. Anybody know what happens when you take a glass of vinegar and a glass with some baking soda in it and you pour the vinegar in the baking soda? Anybody knows what happens? Anybody knows what happens? It fizzes and bubbles like crazy. <clears throat> right? There's a reaction Well, God manifesting the gifts of the Spirit is like Him pouring vinegar into our baking soda. And what do you have? An awesome reaction. But you can take the baking soda to the vinegar. Just say you're the baking soda. Do you have to wait for vinegar to come to you? Or can you go to where the vinegar is? You're going to get the same reaction, aren't you? Through faith in His Word. You see, a lot of people don't want to develop their faith, so they say, well, it's not God's will to heal everybody because he's not doing it. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. That doesn't mean you can't go to him. When we're talking about gifts of the spirit, we're talking about God stretching forth his hand to heal. We're talking about God works special miracles by the hands of Paul. Paul. Those things are as the Spirit wills. But you can go to the Word anytime you're ready and anytime you're determined and get a miracle by your faith in God. It can happen. Don't not develop in faith and wait for a gift of the Spirit all your life. You might not make it to the end of your life. You might go home early. All right, where am I? Working in miracles. Oh, okay, hurry here. Working of miracles is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, and it involves a specific action. The difference between special faith and workings of miracles is special faith, you are passively receiving a miracle through a process. Workings of miracles, you're doing something to see a miracle like Elijah. Remember Elisha? The coat fell from Elijah as he was carried up in a whirlwind and a chariot and a horseman of fire. Boom, and his coat fell. And Elijah picked, Elisha picked up the coat of Elijah, went over to the river and smote the river, and the rivers parted hither and thither. And he walked across on dry land. That's working a miracle. Daniel was receiving a miracle passively in a lion's den. Elisha worked a miracle by doing something and seeing a miracle. Very often, these gifts flow so closely together that it's hard to tell them apart, but for study's sake, we need to know the difference. Paul talked about the difference of them, but very often, these gifts work together, two or three of them at a time. The working of miracles means impelling, staggering wonders of astonishment or the outworking of explosions of almightiness. Can you all say it with me ten times, real quick? <laughs> Gifts of healings. Are you ready? Gifts of healings are manifested through another person to you to deliver the sick and to destroy the works of the devil in the human body. It's God initiating a healing through someone else to you or through you to someone else. There's direct healing between a person and God. And then there's gifts of healings where God helps you through somebody else and pours this gift through them to help you. It could happen through laying out of hands, the spoken word, the anointing with oil. It's where God is doing something, not just man reaching up and receiving something. Although you still have to receive these things when they come to you. But you don't need as much faith when the gifts of healings are in manifestation. Prophecy is simply supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. An interpretation of tongues is the supernatural showing forth by the Spirit the meaning of an utterance in other tongues. Praise the Lord. Now you can go get the archive, slow it down, listen to this again, and eat it up, and don't let it slip. Amen? Let's stand up. Everybody say, it's happening. It's happening. Thank, you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's close our eyes for a moment. If you would, and you want to lift up your hands, Father, we worship you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of God. We thank you for these awesome, wonderful manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our church, in our families. Oh, Father, thank you for helping us and pointing things out that will help us to go higher, be more ready, more useful. Oh, Father, we thank you. Can I lead you in a prayer and a confession with your eyes closed? If your heart agrees with this, say it with me. Heavenly Father, I purpose in my heart to listen more attentively to the Spirit of God as He leads me and wants to use me in these manifestations. I purpose to not be too natural. I purpose to be ready any ministry opportunities in my own life and toward others. Show me more and more how I can go higher. Be more ready to operate in these things. Together as a church, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word word. by stretching forth your hand to heal heal. and that signs and wonders wonders may be done done. by the name name of your holy child Jesus. Jesus. I declare it's happening happening. mightily Mightily. more and more more. in these days in In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to you, Father. Just for a minute, just before you go anywhere, just worship the Lord for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We worship you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory to you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. I want to pray another prayer of consecration. And if you want to go deeper and you're willing to give up anything and you're willing to follow the Lord wholly, even if that messes up your plans and messes up your dreams, just say these words. Lord Jesus, I know your way is the best way. It may not always feel like it, may not always seem like it, may not always look like it, but I believe your way is the best way. I'm willing to give up anything, change anything, start, stop. Anything, Anything to go higher. To go higher. Show, yeah. me, Lord, Show me, Lord, specifically, specifically things that my flesh doesn't want to stop or my flesh doesn't want to do, but that would be in line with your will for my life. Show me, Father. There's nothing I can post- can't postpone. There's nothing I can't change. There's nothing I can't give up. There's nothing I can't start for you. I'm open, Lord. I'm willing to go all the way. My family needs it. My church needs it. My city needs it. Help me to be where I'm supposed to be. Correct me. Encourage me. Help me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. You guys are going to close? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.